All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a March 16th edition of the Daily Face-Off Show. Tyler Yaramchuk and Frank Saravalli with you for 30 minutes of straight hockey talk. And Frank, back-to-back days around the NHL with a trade. Let me open with this. We're going to make it three in a row. I think we get another deal today. I don't know. I don't think so. I think um, even the Jost one yesterday kind of surprised some people just because in the sense that I don't think anyone knew that Colorado was trying to offload Tyson Jost. He seemed to fit and this was a pure salary transaction. Yeah, and we'll get to the Colorado Avalanche a little bit later on the show with Peter Baugh from The Athletic. But first, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with a team that at one point people were thinking, hey, they're going to be contending with the Colorado Avalanche for that top spot in the Western Conference. And boy, the mighty have fallen with the Vegas Golden Knights. You see here 10th now in the Western Conference, sorted by points percentage. They are coming off another loss last night, this time at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets and Brassois Thompson allowing seven goals on 23 shots, Frank. It would almost feel like an understatement to say that tensions are high. And before you give your take, head coach Pete DeBoer had some interesting comments after that game and after that loss to the Winnipeg Jets saying, quote, he just didn't get in front of enough pucks. It's pretty simple. I'm not a goaltending expert, but you've got to get in front of a couple. That from Pete DeBoer on the goaltending for the for the Knights. Frank, it's getting bad in Vegas. It's been bad. I mean, look, you, you look at their losses now five in a row. And I, I mean, I, I can't help but say, man, what would happen? What would their goaltending look like had you not traded away the reigning Vezina Trophy winner for absolutely nothing last summer? 
Like it's almost a karmic reaction if if that's such a thing in that it was handled poorly. They they look they look back and and probably don't look good in terms of how they treated Mark Andre Fleury on the way out and they rolled the dice going with Robin Leonard this season to handle the workload. Go back to our season preview. That was one of the questions that I asked. Can Robin Leonard handle a full season's worth of workload? given the, the state of, of his game and his body. And it's, it's not really that he can't stop the puck when he's in net. He can. It's just that injuries pop up left and right. And he also tends to be one of the heaviest goalies in the National Hockey League. So this has come back to bite the Vegas Golden Knights in a big way at a time when they were supposed to be cruising along. And you could say, yes, there are significant injuries to the Vegas Golden Knights, almost $40 million on the shelf. Riley Smith, Mark Stone, uh, go down the list of players, uh, Alec Martinez on the back end. But they should be in a better spot than they are now. They shouldn't be trailing the Vancouver Canucks in points percentage. Given where Vancouver was, their season looked over in November. This is a team that has never missed the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're skating on an edict to win the Stanley Cup in five years. The pressure is real, and it's ratcheted up on Pete DeBoer, their coach. It's ratcheted up on Kelly McCrimmon, their general manager. And now they're in a spot where, what do they do? Do you go out and trade for a goaltender? And how does that work moving forward, given that Robin Leonard has a number of years left on his deal? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, but you're right. Looking back on the way things shook down in the summer, you'd have to imagine that if Kelly McCrimmon could get a do-over, he'd probably handle things a little bit differently. And the other thing too, the acquisition of Jack Eichel, his arrival into the lineup was supposed to be that big spark, that big sort of saving grace for the Golden Knights. They've dropped 10 of 14 since he's come in and joined them. So it's it's not going well in Vegas. By the Their way, I was just going to say, all of this is happening on a night where Marc-Andre Fleury is absolutely ridiculous against the Boston Bruins with 46 saves on 48 shots. You know, you look at the Chicago Blackhawks and their year. How many wins do they have at this point? 22? Marc-Andre Fleury has, what, 19 of them when he's in net? It, it, like, it speaks for itself. Yeah, it absolutely does. And the Golden Knights goaltending, that's going to continue to be a story going forward. The Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending probably will as well. But last night, it quieted it, at least in the meantime, at least for a 24-hour news cycle, because it was shutout Shulgren for the Leafs. He stops 35 in his first NHL start, blanking the Dallas Stars. I think it was the first time since early February the Leafs have even gone two periods without giving up a goal um, Frank, did the Leafs find their goalie? Are they confident that they can run with Shalgren for a little, at least until Jack Campbell's healthy? Look, I, I don't know that with one game or two appearances now that anyone can sit here and say, well, they've solved their goaltending. This is a rookie that's really just getting his feet wet. And look, anything's possible. We saw Jordan Bennington and the run that he went on with the St. Louis Blues. So certainly wouldn't want to count that out, but also wouldn't want to put the hopes of a team and a franchise that, really was supposed to make significant progress this season on the back of Shalgren. That's unfair to do at this point. So what I can say is that two things, it really turned the temperature down much in the same way that Miko Koskinen and his play over the last month or so has turned the temperature down on Edmonton and their chase for a goaltender. And the other part of it is you could tell how much this is affecting the Toronto Maple Leafs just 
watch and read their reaction from post game that their coach Sheldon Keefe saying, you know, it's nice when you have a game where you're not constantly digging the puck out of your net. That's that's a pretty significant indictment on Peter Morazic and previously to Jack Campbell. And then you hear Rasmus Sandin post game say, wow, we really needed that. You know, I, I've, we, we can't understate at any point the importance of goaltending. When you don't have it, you can't win. And when you get it for a night or two after not having it, it feels like a difference maker. And I'll say the Schalgren part was a huge, you know, moment for the Toronto Maple Leafs to just turn down the temperature. But I got to tell you, the other thing that's significant that I noticed, Tyler, in their game last night is John Tavares stepping up, moving up to the top line in place of Austin Matthews, who's out with his suspension. And he comes through with a goal and an assist. And their line really dominated play for a large stretch. That's one of the other real significant question marks I have about the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's their goaltending. It's their second pair of their defense, even if Jake Muzzin is healthy. And it's their play with the guys that aren't on the Austin Matthews line. Because we've seen before, teams are going to target the Austin Matthews line when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. If they get shut down... What is the rest of your group doing? John Tavares is going to have to be a huge leader in that front if the Toronto Maple Leafs want to have any chance of success in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And just wrapping up the goaltending thought as we talk about Vegas and we talk about Toronto and we talk about those connections to Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, a lot of talk. Where could he go? Does he get a first round pick? The last goalie to be traded for a first round pick at the deadline was Ryan Miller. And he actually caught up with our very own Scott Burnside. You can read the piece over at Daily Faceoff. But Miller, who that trade to St. Louis didn't really work out all that well. He talked about how difficult it can be when you're a goalie and you get moved to a new team at the deadline. And this is one of the quotes from the story. You're getting to know the group. You're building trust and goodwill amongst the players, even the fan base. There's little things that you don't really think about that play a part in a goaltender having success. You're asking for a lot to come around in a month and a half or two months. It's hard to replicate that quickly. I thought it was really interesting to hear Miller kind of look back on that move. Because again, I think a lot of teams or a lot of fan bases, I should say, are sitting there going, just go get Marc-Andre Fleury. Get Fleury and everything's solved. But it's not always the slam dunk solution that some people think it is. Well, that and it's also going to be expensive. We saw the ask from the Chicago Blackhawks first round pick. I'm not sold that they ultimately get it. I think it ends up being a second if Marc-Andre Fleury ends up moving at all. But the ask is significant and the fit's not guaranteed, which is why we haven't seen teams that have struggled like the Oilers, maybe like the Golden Knights and some others to make a move because there's no guarantee of success, especially when you're talking about guys that have relatively similar or the same numbers as guys that you already have now. Let's keep the trade talk rolling here and move over to your new trade targets list. It is full, Frank, 50 names on that bad boy. It gets me fired up just you know, cruising through and reading who could be on the move before the Monday, March 21st deadline. There are 15 new names on the list. Yesterday, we talked about Tyler Bertuzzi and Sean Monahan as two guys who could potentially be on the market. One name I want to focus in on, he's new on your list. He ranks just below those two. It's a defenseman, Carson Soucy, out in Seattle, a hard-nosed defenseman. You see here the picture of him blocking in Alex Ovechkin one-timer, a guy who puts his body on the line, and he strikes me as that prototypical playoff-style D-man that a lot of contenders would like to get their hands on. He's got a year left on his deal after this. Is he a likely name that could move or could Seattle maybe want to hold on to this guy? 
Yeah, I could see Seattle keeping him, but I know he's a team. I know he's a player that a lot of teams have interest in. And I think the best way to describe where the Kraken are at as it approaches the deadline is aside from maybe Jared McCann, probably Yanni Gord, the Seattle Kraken aren't really married to anyone else. That's the most fair way to describe it. And so I think Susie fits in that category. You'd have to come along and, and make an interesting offer in order to pry him loose. But with that size at, uh, and the way that he plays the game, I think he's a prime target for teams in terms of trying to add a piece like that to your blue line. So, um, you know, that's a name that has popped up in recent days and weeks. And, and to say, you know, again, that he's on the board, no guarantee to move, but he's someone that's been floated out there. And I think the Kraken are in this spot where they'd have to consider just about anything that comes down the pike. Another name that caught my attention is a guy who hasn't appeared in an NHL game yet, and that's 22-year-old unsigned prospect Jack McBain with the Minnesota Wild. How much interest in there is is there in McBain? And also explain maybe the difference between if the Wild were to move him before the deadline or potentially after the deadline. Yeah, look, there's no rush to move Jack McBain, although I think in a perfect world, the Wild would be able to accomplish that before the March 21st deadline. And the team that would get him would probably like to have him in their arsenal and on their reserve list so they could use him if need be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But this is a guy who's in his fourth year of school and is close to obtaining UFA status. If he does it, if he waits until August 15th to sign, there's no pressure to sign. He's a wild draft pick. Uh, from a previous regime. And so um, they're going to trade him at some point. Um, like I said, you could trade him after the deadline. There's no stopping that. He just wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs. Uh, but he's someone that I think the Wild ideally would like to get a second round pick for. And another reason to potentially do it before the trade deadline is you could then take that second round pick if you'd want and flip it to get something else that may be able to help you in the near term. I think McBain is one of those guys that's knocking on the door in terms of being uh, NHL ready. You see him uh, for team Canada here participated in the Olympics. Uh, someone that's, you know, pretty close to that range in terms of being a contributor in the NHL and the ask is a second round pick. It's an interesting situation there. And another couple of players who are in kind of an interesting scenario. It's two players on the cusp of being in that group six UFA range. Uh, we're going to touch on two. But first, Rem Pitlick, 12 goals in 44 games since the Montreal Canadiens claimed him on waivers. What's the deal with Pitlick? Yeah, it's it's fascinating, actually, uh, group six free agents in general. And there have been a couple in recent years that have made significant impacts. Michael Bunting is one now with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He obtained group six free agent status last year, uh, just played in 21 games with the Arizona Coyotes and scored 10 goals, ends up on the Leafs radar. Carson Soucy was a guy two years ago, group six free agent had a breakout season with the Minnesota Wild and then was trending towards group six and could ultimately hit it. And the Wild re-signed him a few days before free agency opened to a three-year $2.75 million contract, which he's still on right now with the Seattle Kraken after getting claimed. And Pitlick has sort of been nothing short of a revelation to this point this season. This is a guy that's been waived twice in his career. You see the games played requirements, 74 games that are needed. He's played in 55. So the Canadians have 22 games left. He needs to play in 19 of those 22 in order for the Habs to retain his rights 
and he would then convert back to RFA status. It seems like that's going to happen given his productivity playing in the uh, top six for Montreal playing more than 16 minutes a night. And the production has been there, 27 points, 12 goals. Uh, the Canadians would like to re-sign this guy and keep him. And I think there's probably some mutual uh, love there coming back from Pitlick as he's now a guy that seems like he's found a home after being waived twice, first in Nashville, then in Minnesota. Another name who's in this group or in this conversation is Sharks defenseman Jacob Middleton. Does this group six status that's lingering, does it affect his trade value? Well, it does in the sense that there is some risk here for a team that would trade for Jacob Middleton. And the risk is, as you see, he needs to play in 18 of the last 23 games remaining this season for the San Jose Sharks. You know, who knows how a trade would affect the schedule in terms of, let's say you get traded and your team's playing that night. All of a sudden, the margin is a little bit thinner. Uh, what happens if he goes to a team on the other side of the border and you have to wait for a visa? That's another thing. And on top of that, what happens if the player ends up getting hurt? The asking price is significant for the San Jose Sharks. They're looking for a second round pick reportedly plus another pick for Jacob Middleton, a guy that stepped in and has played north of 21 minutes a night after a long career with the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL. He's sort of come out of the clear blue sky. And what if he were to get hurt? You've now set, spent significant assets to get Jacob Middleton, and he could then, if he doesn't meet the games played threshold, then walk to unrestricted free agency in the summer. Again, probably low on the risk scale, but just something to keep in mind as other teams have mentioned as they consider players like Middleton, uh, Pitlick likely to stay in Montreal, as we mentioned. And I'll have a few other group six free agents to watch later today on dailyfaceoff.com. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on around the NHL. There's layers to this stuff, Frank. Uh, let's move on to a team that has made a couple of moves already. It's the All-32 with Peter Baugh of The Athletic. Very excited to welcome Peter Baugh of The Athletic back to the show to talk a little Colorado Avalanche who've been busy. Joe Sackick, Trader Joe, has been busy over the last couple of days as well, swinging a pair of moves. Peter, when you look at these trades, the Manson deal, 50% retained. The Tyson Yost deal, that came with a cap saving as well. Is Joe Sackett gearing up to make a bigger splash before the deadline? Well, I think if I've learned anything about this front office is that it really values flexibility. So I don't, I don't know because there's also the the card they could play of potentially moving Gabriel Landeskog to LTIR um, and having him out for the rest of the regular season. He expects for the playoffs, um, so we'll see how they handle that because that's one way that they could just all of a sudden have seven million dollars of cap space uh, that could obviously get a lot on the the trade market. Uh, but yeah, it definitely, it seems like an all-in trade deadline for the Avalanche. They're not messing around. They've already made a couple of bits, given away a decent prospect in Drew Hellison, a decent pick in the 2023 second, and one of the favorites in the locker room, a guy everyone on the team loves in Tyson. It's still a year that we're at, and um, with good reason, they're the best in almost any metric you look at. 
So, Peter, when you look at, into your crystal ball here and, and what the Avalanche may be looking at, everyone points towards Claude Giroux as being that guy that would be their target with this newfound flexibility that they have. They would have enough if Claude Giroux's salary is chopped twice and you're using a third-party broker. In your mind, is he the target or is there someone else out there that we're not talking about? Well, on paper, Claude Giroux makes a ton of sense. I mean, this is a guy that has playoff experience, um, will be hungry to win, and a really good player with a qualities that's built for postseason hockey. So he makes a ton of sense. I think Fitz probably need another bottom six forward. And Giroux obviously might not play in the bottom six, but obviously there's a trickle down. If you get him on your in your lineup, he can he he pushes someone else down to the to a bottom six role. So I think that if I was looking into the the crystal ball, Claude Giroux makes a ton of sense. Um it seems like there's flexibility whether with the cap space they they've accrued or with um or with using LTIR to make a move like that work. But I also think there are a lot of other a lot of other players that that could be interesting for Colorado to look at, maybe an Andrew Kopp um, or some some forward who could really bolster the the third line. Do you just quickly before we wrap up, Peter, do you see it as just one more move coming from Joe Sackick? Or do you think it's a scenario where even if they get Giroux and you mentioned that trickle down effect, could they get Giroux and still look to bolster the bottom six with another move? Like if I were to set the over under per se at one and a half, would you be taking the over or the under? Ooh, that's a good over under. Cause I, that's, I mean, I think there's certainly one move left. Um, I don't think that the avalanche are going to make a move just for the sake of making a move. Um, and I think that they've kind of shored up their, their decor with the Manson trade. Um, they got a fourth liner. They liked in Nico Sturm. So I'll say probably one more move. Uh, I'd take the under, but I wouldn't be shocked if if something happens and suddenly there's there's another move besides a big move. Peter, we always appreciate your insight into the avalanche. This has been another edition of the All 32 delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. You see the promo codes at the bottom of the screen. DFODD in Canada, DFODDUS. If you are south of the border, it gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Peter, enjoy deadline season. Enjoy the rest of the year and we'll chat soon. Frank, there was another big headline yesterday around the NHL that we didn't get to, and it was Alex Ovechkin scoring goal number 767, moving past Yarmir Yager for third all time. And as you can see here, uh, just to our right, he is now just 44 away from tying Gordie Howe. So our inbox question, hashtag AskDFO, will Ovi stand number two by the end of 2022, the calendar year? I'm going to say no. He would need 34, he'd need 35 goals in, let's call it 56 or 57 games. I, it's possible Ovi goes on tears and you look at the way that he started this season, it was absolutely ridiculous. And if he does that again next year, he's going to be within striking distance, but it's about 21 games left this year plus. 35 or so to start next season before the calendar turns. That's a lot to ask. Uh, I'm going to say he's close, but no. 
Yeah, and my apologies. I did the math wrong there. You're right. He would need 35. And when you look at what he did from the start of the year until the end of 2021 this season, they played 33 games. He had 24 goals. So is it that unrealistic to say Ovi could get 11 from now until the start of the year and then put up 24? I'm going to say yes, just because I don't like betting against the greats. But you're right. I really do think it would come like right down to the wire. Yeah, I'm projecting January 2023. January 2023 is the expected date from Frank Saravalli that Alex Ovechkin will become the second all-time goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, me, you know, maybe I shouldn't even give, be, be giving my take. I shouldn't be betting on it or anything like that because my bets were ice cold last night going 0 for 3. But as always, we look to bounce back. There are no days off in the betting world. So let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet, starting with the old reliable, taking two favorites, parlaying them in regulation. I like the Tampa Bay Lightning in this spot against the Seattle Kraken list, and it's not been a great road trip for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had losses in Calgary and losses to Edmonton as well. But when they beat Vancouver over the weekend, it was Andre Vasilevsky who shone through. And I think that might have been Vasilevsky coming out of the sort of mini slump that he was in. The Kraken are not a good home team either. So I like Tampa Bay in regulation, and I love Calgary on home ice against the New Jersey Devils. Taking them in regulation, they're a great home team. The Devils, you know, they've been up and down here for a little bit, but I, I think Calgary should be able to roll over this one. Like I said, they've been a fantastic home bet. Vasilevsky's heating up for the Lightning. Tampa Bay and Calgary parlayed in regulation. Paying out about plus 145 is my first play. And for my player prop, I'm going out to the matchup between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Ottawa Senators, and I'm taking Gustav Nyquist to pick up an assist. He has four assists in his last four games. He's hit this mark in three of his last five games as well. And that payout is just too good for me to ignore. Anton Forsberg expected to start for the Senators. Yes, he's having a good year, but I still think Columbus will be able to get a little bit of offense going. Ottawa surrendered a good handful of goals to the Arizona Coyotes earlier in the week. So Nyquist, he gets a lot of minutes for that Columbus team. He's been putting up a good amount of assists recently. Plus 175 is a solid payout. Nyquist assist, Colorado, Tampa Bay as my two plays parlayed in regulation. And that's what I got tonight on the betting front, Frank. Now I step aside. I give you the floor. What do you have for garbage time? It was an all-time Daryl Sutter press conference on Tuesday with the Calgary Flames. He poo-pooed any talk of the Jack Adams, even though it should be an absolute crime if Daryl Sutter doesn't win it this year because no coach has made a bigger impact on his team from year over year than Sutter with the Calgary Flames. He also talked up some other teams around the Western Conference, including saying that the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights are the two best teams in the Pacific Division on paper. He's keeping his Calgary Flames team hungry as they've run away with the division. And on top of that, I love the subtle jab that he gave to the Colorado Avalanche. Take a listen to this clip. You know what, Las, Edmonton and Las Vegas are still the best teams, right? On paper, you guys said it, I said it. On paper, they're the best team. So you, you have to stay ahead of them teams to make the playoffs. The wild card, and I've said a hundred times, there is the wild card will not. It'll have to be team fall off the face of the earth for a wild card to come out of this division. And, I, and if you are a wild card team, I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days. <laughs> Uh. a waste of eight days how perfect is that i mean no nothing like putting a little subtle pressure on the colorado avalanche 
to come through in the first round. It's only like the best teams in regular season history haven't gotten swept recently in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs like the Columbus Blue Jackets did to the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago. Hey, it could happen. I still think Colorado is the best team in the conference, probably by a country mile. But still, love the mind games, love Daryl Sutter's attitude and approach. It almost seems like he's enjoying nothing. He said, Jack Adams doesn't mean anything. The only regular season trophy I'm focusing on is the Jennings. And, well, the Calgary Flames are in the running to win that, too. And, and look at that shirt as well. I know Sutter was getting some love on Twitter as well. He's he's jacked. He must have been hitting the gym a lot this season. Uh, anyways, remember, you a lot also, of shoveling at the, the farm in, in Viking, Alberta. Yeah, it is that farm boy strength. Uh, you also mentioned the Lightning being swept by the Blue Jackets. Remember the last time the Calgary Flames won the conference and it was they bowed out to the Colorado Avalanche in that first round of the playoffs. So the playoffs are always a wild card, but you're right. I, I love the little mind games that Daryl Sutter is playing. The Flames, certainly a team to watch as we head closer to the trade deadline as well. And just another reminder, we will have you covered on deadline day with our live show starting at the same time that we always start the daily face-off show, but we will be rolling for three and a half hours. Myself, we'll have Frank, Chris Gear, Chris Peters, Scott Burnside, Mike McKenna, and special guest Pete Blackburn all joining the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. So head over to our YouTube right now and uh, make sure you turn on the little reminder for our live event. We'll be live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the usual spots. Noon Eastern on deadline day. And don't worry, we'll also be back tomorrow at noon Eastern for another daily face-off show. For Frank Saravalli, I'm Tyler Uremchuk. Enjoy your day. Keep it locked on daily face-off and we'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.